Welcome to the Legendary Upside Podcast. My name is Pat Grain. You can find all of my content on legendaryupside.com. Unfortunately, I am no longer the defending Best Ball Mania champion, and that is because Fareed Shahid joining me today is the new Best Ball Mania champion. Congratulations, Fareed, and thanks for joining. Thank you, man. It's an honor to be here with the previous champ, and it seems only fitting to talk to you guys first. Yeah, well, we got uh, Liam. Liam won, and you, you you jumped on with him, and now it's my turn. I'm excited to uh, to get to talk to you. I guess um, we were talking before we recorded a little bit about kind of where your head's at with it. Has it has it started to sink in? Yeah, it's um, it's finally I'm coming back down to earth, and I didn't realize how like not high, but like how like lost I was after all this happened. I didn't really know how to deal with reality for a few days like leaving stuff like keys all over the place and just like dropping everything. And then finally now I'm like settling down. So it's nice to come back down to earth and just be a human, like be normal. <laughs> it is, it, it is, is a surreal. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely surreal. Um, I am, I'm happy that it all, I mean, it was pretty clean, right? Like you're, you need the Sunday night game to, to jump into first and it's the last game. So at least you weren't, you never had a thing of like, oh God, people are, are going to come catch me, which was, which is kind of where I was yeah. last year where it's like, uh oh. Yeah, it was the opposite of yours. I, I was the guy running up to catch the other guys yep. to chase them. And, and, and you were worried about pe- people chasing you with all that drama going on. And on the Sunday night game, I didn't have anyone live in uh, in the Sunday night game last year, Ravens Steelers. So I had a kind of double dose of that. Um, but yeah, so you're you had Love and Reed, um, and so what? You were in sixth before that game, right? Yeah, I was in sixth place, and I thought I was in eighth, but I, I literally just pulled over to check it, and I saw I was in sixth, and I was like, "Hey, man, if I ladder up." Just one or two, I'm good. Like this is ridiculous. I'm even up here, and I didn't. I didn't. I thought I had a shot to to definitely win, but you know, it, it definitely played out best case almost. Let's let's back up to Saturday because you had I had this same trio: Amon Ross, St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Sam Laporta, um, and that ended up kind of just by ha- happenstance. Partly because I think people were intentionally correlating the Lions and the Cowboys, but also just because like those were two super popular one-two turn picks, and then they had really good seasons, and then they had really good weeks fifteen and sixteen, um, and so just like by luck, they, it ended up being really really chalky to have this game stacked. Uh, yeah. What were you kind of hoping for Saturday? Were you did you just want the 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 CD Alpha game? Like were you good with that or are you kind of hoping for more from the Lions side? Um I was definitely hoping for more from the Lions. I actually thought I was dust after I was watching Njoku. I thought he was gonna score like 50 points, man. After the first quarter, I was like, holy shit. I was like, there is no way I'm gonna I was like top 50. If I make 15k, like that's a blessing. So that's what I was thinking while watching the Saturday game. And CD starts going off and Dak doesn't get the extra points when he fumbles. So I was kind of like, well, that fumble might have helped me out there. Like I would have been buried if Dak just went four tutties and just smashed on everybody. And so that was my thoughts. And 
I think the fourth quarter, I was like, Dan Campbell, it, it, you, you got you didn't get it twice. Like you got F twice, dude. Just kick the field goal. Just overtime, OT, man. man. Just like, give us overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I was right there exactly with you. Awesome. I was like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that penalty, I at man. Your yeah, that that was brutal. Sorry, I, I I would have been happy to have overtime there too. Uh, so I mean, you must have been feeling a little bit nervous not having Amari, because uh, Amari was was, and I'll share your I'll share the draft board here because you had obviously that that Amari mega game in week sixteen. I assume you know was was part of the reason you made the final. Uh, such a huge game, yeah. To get there and then he didn't even play. I, yeah, that that was a bummer. I was just thinking, man, Amari, you, you could have not put up forty six and just put up like thirty to make week seventeen, but <laughs> just save some of the points. Know, yeah, I, I week sixteen, I put up one ninety seven. I actually put up more than I put up week seventeen. Wow. So I ran white white hot at the end, and I'm sure guys were just like like pissed because there were some really good lineups in in my pod that I just uh, got lucky with Amari. Wow. That, that is awesome. The, someone made a comment last year about my team, like, Oh, just score the two highest scores of the year in the final two weeks of the season. That's it's as simple as that. And it is, I mean, that is what you want to do. So, you know, it's harder, easier said than done, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting that uh, people, people say that. And then, I'm thinking that while I'm drafting, though, too, is like week 16 is really important. But you can't just think about week 16 and try to correlate because, you know, week 17 is you're trying to play like it's a DFS league, in my opinion. Like you need week 17, but week 16, who knows? Someone correlates it really well and it sneaks in and just randomly could uh, perform well. I'm not sure, but, you know, I haven't I don't have data to prove any of that, but. You know, just an uh, interesting thought. Well, yeah, so you're – let's talk about the that part of it, kind of how you built this team, because it seems like very clearly that you were building with correlation in mind. You had uh, the Amon Ross, St. Brown, C.D. Lamb start, but you, you also had Sam Laporta um, did not get Jared Goff in round 12. That was sniped from you, but took Jordan Love, and you had Christian Watson, Alexander Madison – and then the love pick ends up being super beneficial. You also added Jaden Reed to kind of build out that stack a little bit more. Um, I've heard you you mentioned that you got sniped on Tank Dell here with this Chuba Hubbard pick. Um, so you're going to potentially have you know a Stroud Dell stack there. Um, what what are kind of your thoughts on how you put this team together and just sort of the the stacking and correlation element? You know, it's actually really crazy that I've heard you talking with someone from Spike Week. I think it was there, there's Eric. a guy, he doesn't enter. Yeah, Eric, and he did an interview with Rob, and this guy, Rob, basically called out my lineup perfectly. He was just, like, sending his thoughts. I don't even know if he heard me even talk about it. But but um, the first – I was trying to double stack basically all of my first five – or my four out of my five first receivers. So I tried to double stack Pickett or Pickens with Kenny Pickett and no one, and no one uh I wasn't able to get him. I tried to double stack Dak first, then Pickett, 
Well, Pickett went the 11th round here. That's interesting. Yeah, this dude reached. He, he's hella living a little there, man. Like, that's ridiculous. So I, you went Friermuth to set up Pickett, then yeah, went Laporta yeah. to set up Goff, and got sniped on both. Exactly, yeah. I was just like, I was just like, this is ridiculous, man. And people are like, how could you even remember this lineup? I was like, well... I remember it because I, this was like the most frustrating one I had. This is I got, probably I got tilting as hell. <laughs> I was like cursing at the guy's name. I was like, Milwaukee, you, you know, you MF or dude, like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? You naked golf, you snipe naked golf, and then join the fourth option. Yeah. yeah so you, you might have so... been mad at me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably was. So, so yeah. he went Lamar. Anthony Richardson, so you're like, you're done at quarterback. I don't even need to worry about you can you can exactly. comfortably take Laporta and get golf back, no problem. And That's then exactly he, what my thought was, dude. I was like, he's good at quarterback, so <laughs> wow. So, like, were you was Jordan Love someone that you were I mean, because you you had set up the was this was this an intentional mini correlation, the the Watson Alexander Madison combo? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I that was my most stacked game was was Minnesota Green Bay and Dallas and Detroit were the main two games I tried to stack the most. So I was getting every piece I could from those two teams. Was that uh was that because of the the two teams or the uh the matchup or the the fact they were in domes or what was the It was, was it was the, the fact they were in domes. It was the fact they were in domes and also it's I like I like the primetime games. When I looked at Dallas playing on Saturday and Minnesota and Green Bay being a late night, I was like, this could be a good spot for like making runs to the playoffs. And I thought sometimes the divisional rivals kind of divisional games, they 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 kind of, they shoot out enough times. Sometimes the second time that they play each other in the year, though, it doesn't shoot out because they've already seen right. each other play the first time. But yeah, it seems like there's a higher variance in those divisional games. Sometimes they completely dud, and sometimes they go nuts. Um, so was love. So you you were trying to target this Green Bay Vikings game, but this was this was a little early for love, right? Wasn't he more like 13th, 14th? I don't remember exactly where he ended up. But was this kind of were you just like I'm sick of getting sniped right now? I'm, I'm just gonna lock in love. Yeah, I was like, dude, I have no like chance of getting a quarterback with with someone that I uh that I want correlation with like a stack. I was like, it's gonna be a non-stack team. So I did like love. I did have a lot of him, but um I just kind of had in the back of my mind like Reed's always there. This is easy, double stack. Yeah, I always I try to get double stacks, so that was my thoughts. Nice. Were you were you uh where did Musgrave go? Did you consider him or yeah, I guess he went 15th. Oh, he went before Reed. Wow. So that wasn't really even an option. I had a bunch of Musgrave um in some of my other stacks and I had already grabbed Jawan. So and, and I think Musgrave was going further back in ADP. I don't remember what the closing ADP was or the like the opening. So uh I, I was yeah. saying Reed over Musgrave. All yeah. Day. That makes sense. Um, and so let's see. You had you had a chance here 
to do the Amari Brees correlation, but you want Chris Christian Watson. So as uh as the as the Brees Hall guy, I gotta ask, did that that correlation didn't do it for you? You, you couldn't you couldn't have my guy. Dude, I felt so bad getting off Brees Hall because my first draft, I drafted Brees Hall. I was like, I was stoked for him. And then I just heard a lot of people talking bad about him and it got to my head and I was like, damn, maybe I shouldn't be on Brees Hall. But it, it's a big mistake because of his pass catching usage, even though it's half PPR. I mean, that dude is is uh, legit actually good at football. So I, I let people talk. You know, I listen to so much stuff. Sometimes you get a galaxy brain in. Dude, yeah, nice call on Brees Hall. That dude is a monster. Well, it is funny very... because, it, you know, you get you you didn't take Hall. You take Watson, who doesn't do much, but you but continuing to build out that bet wins you the tournament. So it, it is interesting how the correlation stuff works because, like, you know, your it's like, yeah, you kind of just end up on love because something you did earlier in the draft that didn't actually work. But continuing to make the bet, like you were directionally right, like you wanted to be in on that game and you continue to build out the bet. And that ultimately is what gets you to first place, which is kind of a cool element to my mind of, of the correlation. It's not that like there is some luck involved in it, but it's like you're continuing to you're doubling down on a bet you've already made. And in this case, it's the double down where all the value is the initial bet didn't help that much yeah the initial christian watson i i started to worry about him a little bit too and i throughout the draft throughout the drafts i stopped taking him so much and i started doubling love with musgrave and reed I, i'm not sure if i got him in doubles but i started stacking love with as much musgrave and reed and taking those guys in the back because i was a little concerned when Christian Watson got hurt, and uh, Brees Hall. I, I didn't like the Browns and the the Jets, the Jets game as a stack, but it, it actually worked out, and they they went crazy. And um, well, I remember watching that game and watching Jerome Ford and Brees Hall and Njoku going off, and I thought for sure there's no way I could catch. By halftime, I was like, these guys are going to keep scoring, and it, they just kind of like fizzled out towards the end in the fourth quarter didn't do much so you you shouted out uh pete overzet and david kitchen from the swole cast but i i feel like davis maddock must have had some influence if you were off that browns jets game oh I, <laughs> yeah I, yeah i i kind of am a dome bro like like a indoor game like at, at this part of the year it always gets me dude like the weather the aren't you worried about the weather bros like <laughs> yeah, Davis Mack did influence. <laughs> I mean, it gets you to the Packers game. That's a pretty, it's a pretty big influence. Yeah, uh, I really <laughs> like trying the, to get Davis to do games. Um, yeah, short king well, summer, dude. I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't fit all the bits in there. You know, I had to choose between <laughs> live a little or short king summer. And uh, you know, some dudes were taking Saquon in round one, Zeke round two, in my draft. So those guys are really living a little. Well, yeah, let me ask you about the live a little because you take George Pickens in the fifth, which wasn't like crazy, but he was, he started, um, I know this was a later draft, but he started out like kind of more in the seventh, rises to like more the the mid sixth. Um, but this would have been a, even in 
in late drafts, like a, a little bit of a reach. Um, so what's your, you know, what's your thought generally on reaching for guys, getting kind of more of the unique combos um, versus trying to, trying to just scoop value? I'm trying to, like, when I'm reaching, I'm trying to deviate from other highly owned, like, combinations. Like, and I'm only, when I'm, before I sit down for each draft, I'm like, I only want to reach twice, like, two or three times at most. And sometimes the ADP value that falls to you is so good, if you pass it to the next dude, you could wreck yourself if he's out drafting you. So you're like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a meme, but at the same time, it's like trying to see who's around you and what they're taking so you don't F it up. You know, you could you could screw it up, you know, if, if you're reaching um, in spots. It really depends on who your player takes are. And and um, with this, I took George Pickens so many times and DeAndre Swift. I wanted them paired with Amon Ron, CeeDee Lamb, like a high combo that a lot of people would have. But... Once I took Amari Cooper, I knew I didn't have much of him. And I, I didn't like clicking Amari Cooper. So once I clicked Amari Cooper, I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and grab the guys. I'm taking every single draft that I can just ahead of ADP. It's just uh, that was I like I like that. I mean, like I've thought about that too, where you're – it's like I'm not going to – if I'm going to draft this guy I don't like, I'm going to draft like the best version. I'm not going to also take – guys I also don't like and get like and create like team hedge. I'm going to create my version of this, of a team with this guy. I don't normally like taking and kind of bet on myself that way with this little sliver of differentiation in this case, being Amari Cooper on your team. I, I like that approach a lot. Yeah, it worked out, man. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some wizard for doing it, but that was my thought process. And, I got I got lucky, man. I, I ran white hot at the end, but um you gotta run white hot. That's that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um uh, you know, so I've heard you mention live a little. Uh we just don't know. Do you feel like that that held up to the or are you kind of just more into kitchen's early stuff? We just don't know. I mean what what early stuff? Like what are you referencing as far as live like a little? I've lived the big the big smash hit, live a little. I think everyone loves that one. That was a that was a banger. Oh yeah, uh, that one's obviously like that one's got to be number one. But we just don't know. It's a great one. But um, <laughs> the Short King Summer, dude. I was taking Tutu and 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 uh, Deontay Hardy. I don't know if Deontay Hardy qualifies for Short uh, King Summer, but I think so. That was another one that He's that short. me, man. Like Rashid Shahid. Let's see who else back here. So I mean, Davis did influence me man and he did deserve a shout out because tutu was looking like a, a smash pick until cooper cooper cup decided to come back yeah although i wish i took a little more puka and, and less tutu i have to say um i only had like a few shares of puka yeah I, i'm with you there well so uh let's talk the peter Overzet connection because um justin herzig uh was on uh a, a stream uh, the summer he won, he was, we did, uh, he jumped on ship chasing with us for, uh, for a tournament. So he was streaming with Pete, um, the, the year that he won, Liam was, uh, was streaming with Pete as his chess coach the year that he won. I've been streaming with Pete 
for for years. Uh, and so you haven't done any streams with Pete prior to winning, but you had you met the mans in person? I had seen him at the win, dude, in person. And some <laughs> okay. person had a to a token, a man's coin. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, that's the did you get did you do you have a man's coin? I wish I did. No, I, I don't. I was like, how do I get one? He's like, dude, there's only 69 of them, bro. I was like, what? I was like, what is this? <laughs> well, so I, I, I feel like you should be able to acquire before. a man's coin now. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> they're not it, that valuable. That connection is real, man. It's real, man. It's definitely real. Um to uh I, to get back to the team here with with the snipes that we talked about earlier, um, one of the things I thought was interesting was that you got sniped on Tank Dell um, and you ended up, you, I, I heard you say, I think on Liam's stream, that you kind of were just like, I don't know who to take right now. Ended up taking Chuba Hubbard. And I thought it was interesting that you kind of just like, I'm just going to take a guy that I take a bunch of and like. And it's sort of, it was off structure in a sense, but, um, you know, before you, you got, you, you got sniped repeatedly throughout this draft <laughs> and at, at certain points, you, yeah, at certain points, you, you just kind of took the, the position that made sense. Like you just grabbed love. I'm, I'm sick of getting sniped on my quarterback stacks and grabbing love. Um, but with the tank snipe, you, you pivoted to a player that you really liked and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, the sniping part of drafting because it can be extremely tilting. This draft was very tilting, and yet you still manage to draft the team that wins the entire tournament. It's freaking bizarre, man. Uh, I, my thoughts with Chuba was the last four picks were supposed to be Jaden Reed, Tank Dell, CJ Stroud, and then Kyron. So I could have two two stacks like with their quarterbacks. And once he took Tank Dell. I kind of panicked and I just sat there and was looking through all the receivers around him. And I was like, dude, I can't have, I can't have just six receivers on this one because I want, I want to get Kyron Williams last. So I, I need that five. I need, I want to have five running backs, even though some people were saying this is a robust, robust lineup. I didn't necessarily intend for it to be that way. And it, it just panned out that way. And because I didn't like the receivers and I just took Chuba because it was just like, my brain just went, autopilot like okay i have like 10 percent chuba which isn't a lot but those those guys i trust more like chuba jerome ford kyron if they get an opportunity it could pay off so you had kyron kind of like set in stone here at the end the point where you you take a running back here when you're planning on taking a wide receiver the worst thing that could have happened in retrospect is that it, that would then push you off Kyron Williams, but, but it didn't. Yeah. Why, why were you as, you know, kind of, kind of sold on, on what happened that Kyron Williams was going to be a smash. Well, I was locked button on Kyron Williams, man. It's just like a bias I have towards some players where like I watch them play and like, they remind me of somebody and it's, it's not, it's not anything like super sharp. Because Jaden Reed was like a bias that I have too, because he's a return man and he splits the defenders well. And I, I just watch players play and, and I see like 
sometimes return men can have better vision and he has good hands. So, and I wasn't sure if he'll translate to the NFL, but uh, he was my highest own rookie receiver next to Quentin Johnson, who Quentin Johnson doesn't look like it's translating to the NFL. His skills aren't translating very well, you know? No, unfortunately but not. At the end of the year. Yeah. But does that answer your question on Kyron? I mean, it's kind of just like a bias I have towards some guys, even though he doesn't look like he has that speed to get like bust open a wide a wide play all the way to the end zone. Some Were you? I just uh, do you watch a lot of college football? Um, I like I like watching the playoffs once, but um, as soon as the draft comes around, I watch all their highlights and everything. Yeah. So I'm not really a deep diver into college ball, but. I do watch a lot of highlights. I do like watching the highlights for, I mean, even I tend to do the college stuff more based on the stats, but I mean, at the very least watching the highlights just give you, I think it genuinely gives you a sense of like who, who they are at their best. And that's like important to know. Um, even, even though I don't, I don't have the tape chops that a lot of the other people in the industry do, but um, yeah, I always thought Kyron, Kyron looked, I, I remember liking Kyron when he came out um just visually and his numbers were good his athleticism was obviously terrible but he was very productive and kind of a fun player to watch didn't really have the long speed but um gets up to speed decently quick so um for me it was more that uh you're betting against cam Akers, and i heard you you were kind of out on cam Akers, right well for sure yeah that played a major part man i, I do not like cam Akers at all bro like I just don't think he's good, and it's not you and personal, Sean McVay like, both. Yeah, Sean McVay's not. If he doesn't like you, bro, like, like once that drama happened with him and Sean McVay, I was like, damn, this Kyron Williams thing might be good. Like, I was a Cam Akers had like kind of an attitude or something about what was going on. I don't know the details, but that's not a reason why I took the pick. But it, once you hear that and you have a bunch of Kyron, you're like, oh, okay, like. I I wasn't. Aren't you worried about, bro? Cam Makers was the number one guy out of the whole draft. I was probably worried about. <laughs> well, I guess it's a good one. Um, let's let's talk structure a little bit because this, you know, was a zero running back team. Um, you didn't take your first running back until round six. You also then hit running back pretty hard, as you mentioned. You know, Chuba was kind of um, not the original plan, but you still. You didn't end up with that many receivers, but they were. You, you took receivers with your first five picks, end up with only six, just tacking on Jaden Reed at the end. Three quarterbacks, three tight ends. Um, so finishing out pretty thin at wide receiver, um, which you know, I'm sure I'm sure had you sweating when Amari wasn't going uh, in that in that Week yeah. 17 game, but you still had plenty of firepower at the position. Um, what were your kind of general like how common was this type of structure for you zero rb happened as a result of me drafting way too many elite qb lineups in the in the beginning i have like close to 50 percent elite qb lineups so i was like this is not gto this is not a good strat i need to i can't be too overweight i need to hammer some zero rb lineups and you know get some uh some balance in my exposure Interesting. So, so three quarterback was not your 
kind of typical approach. This was actually a way for you to sort of balance things out. Go zero running back, three quarterback. I would only go three quarterback. Once it got past Dak, I was like, okay, I'm not comfortable just having two. Like, I don't like Daniel Jones. I, I got lucky just because, you know, variance. But once it got behind, like, Dak and Tua in that range, I was like, I'm not comfortable just having two guys. And that was just, like, autopilot. And my brain was just geared towards going three three uh, quarterbacks after that that round. So if you had – do you, I mean, I this was a while ago, and maybe you don't remember exactly what you're thinking, but if you had, let's say, gotten Pickett in the 11th round or Goff, kind of one of your first two choices at quarterback, do you think you, you stop at two? Or were you kind of always with, with two as your first – likely to tackle on a third you know what if i took tua and i had goff or Pickett, if i had Pickett, i might still take them love just for the 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 true stack of the madison mm -hmm. and watson but if i had goff you know what i probably would have stopped i probably would just had two quarterbacks and just said okay i got my dallas detroit stack that i really love which a lot of people did and i was like feeling really good and i might have said you know what I'll take someone else besides Jordan Love there, or or I would have got Goff, so I would have just stopped and not taken him anyways. So yeah, I might have just had two two QBs with two on Goff. One of the things that I've been thinking about is like there's kind of a there's two things we're trying. This is an interesting tournament because we're trying to accomplish a bunch of things at once. We're trying to finish top two in a twelve team league. We're trying to finish. First out of 16 in two consecutive weeks. And then you're trying to win a 400 plus person final. Um, and the sort of optimal like roster construction, positional allocation to do each of those things might be different. Um, and, you know, I think that three quarterback probably is slightly suboptimal for advancing your teams to the playoffs. Um, but you know, in, in Leone's manifesto, um, at established a run last year, he did, you know, some of the work there suggesting that three quarterback builds are still very strong, especially if you've got them stacked up, uh, as you did. I mean, you had two stacked with Mostert, but that was, you know, still, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty, it's pretty nice to have Mostert this year. Um, just like, what, what are your thoughts on kind of the three quarterback and three tight ends approach when it comes down to those single weeks. You know, I think it's probably a little suboptimal for advancing teams based on the past data. Um, but when you're in single elimination weeks and a large final, I, I think there are some benefits to having that the the three onesies. Yeah, that's That's funny that you mentioned uh, Mike Leone's manifesto that's the very first article i read before i started best ball i start with mike leone's article and then i start with evan silva's stuff and then i just go and find as many free stuff as i can find and um the tight ends thing is uh like since you were mentioning tight ends i like elite tight ends but i i feel like the only the first elite tight end was George Kittle. That's where I would start. I didn't like Kelsey or or um, Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. And 
So if I got Kelsey and someone else in the middle, like Darren Waller, I got a lot of Darren Waller. Like I, I feel like those are two elite tight ends or so I would just stop there with two tight ends because those guys, even though Darren Waller's like not not trending trending well and and I probably wouldn't do this next year, but yeah, if I got Kittle and like Goddard or even Kincaid or someone I was confident, even Higby or Everett, if I've got Kittle, I'm gonna try and just keep two tight ends because I feel like he's elite. So I want to I want to keep that like two. I want to keep it at two. But um, once I once once you get too far down towards the middle, I'm like I need three. I can't trust just two of these guys. You know, even though. I don't know yep. what's suboptimal because, you know, we have to run, run a lot of data through, and each year it changes. So, I'm really interested to see what people come up with this year for the next season, and and I'll definitely be looking into that. Yeah, I mean, I could see it us switching because I think the the three quarterback plus three tight end is it it makes me feel a little nervous because I'm like I don't have it cost me firepower at the other positions, but you went zero running back. So you had a lot of your draft capital up top at wide receiver. You immediately pivot to running back. Um, you also drafted what? Six running backs. Um, yeah. yeah you had six, six running backs. Uh, so you had volume plus a decent amount of draft capital. So it's not like you were particularly weak if you just look at like kind of dollar allocation to the positions running back and wide receiver got their due. Um, and then you had a bunch of outs in week 17, including the Sunday night stack, um, you know, for, for kind of correlation to hit plus also to get a really strong score at tight end. I mean, I had Laporta on my team and he got there, you know, what almost 12 points, and I was like, I can probably, that's a probably enough, but you get the Juwan Johnson, who's your your final tight end pick here. He's the one who hits your lineup. And I mean, that's that's really sweet <laughs> that you actually had a really strong score at tight end um, and you didn't pay much for it. Yeah, I was super lucky that that's, that's like a dark throw that might not work out all, like very often. Like if, if uh, that, yeah, like that's not, that's not something I would want to target, you know, next year and, and be expecting that, you know, but Jawan Johnson gets there. Cole Komet's good. He went right next to him, but the rest of the guys there in, you know, to get a score from a guy like that with that draft capital was a blessing for that line. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think this is another thing that jumps out to me about your team is that, um, one of the things I think about Best Ball Mania, given how difficult it is to even make the finals, you have to finish first out of 16 two weeks in a row, and then you have to finish first out of 441 teams. So that's extremely difficult. It's it's like unlikely that you're going to do that without getting some awesome spike weeks out of your final picks. And I mean, your, your last round picks here were super productive. Uh, C.J. Stroud not in the playoffs, but had obviously an amazing season. I mean, ever you 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 crushed with all of your last round picks. Um, what any just kind of thoughts? I mean, you got you got a couple rookies, Jaden Reed, C.J. Stroud, a couple backup running backs, um, undervalued running back in Raheem Mostert, 
out of a, a backfield and team that you're already betting on with with Tua Tonga Bailoa. Um, so just any given that you you just absolutely crushed it in the last rounds. Uh, any any late round philosophy to share? Yeah, I'll talk about C.J. Stroud because I think some people were asking me about him, and and uh, my favorite quarterbacks were the rookie quarterbacks were Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, and I thought the rest were pretty much dust. I didn't I didn't like them, so I drafted a bunch of C.J. Stroud, and and I didn't I actually had twenty percent Mechie because of that, and that was wow. a terrible play. I tried to get as much Tank Dell as I could, but he got so much steam. I was like, man, I can't grab him now. You know, I had that FOMO. Like, I had FOMO, but then also didn't want to just grab a guy with that much steam. And yep. um, all these guys towards the back of my draft were guys that I watch that I that I think are like alphas pretty much. Like, I think Jaden Reed's an alpha. I think C.J. Stroud is second to Anthony Richardson. Um, Kyron Williams, not so much. I thought he was... I thought it was just more of the Cam Akers thing and, and the locker room talk, you know, sitting out preseason. Chuba Hubbard is just seems more valuable than a wide receiver to get some running backs back there that can get, can hit your lineup at that, that part of the draft. So I hope that answers your question, man. No, yeah, I mean, I uh, I wish I took less Bryce Young. I wish I was a little more on uh, Anthony Richardson, Stroud, and, <laughs> and then nothing. I... I uh, mixed in shows, Young as well. Bryce Young shows some hope. I just haven't done anything on on the actual data. It's just that Adam Thielen Adam Thielen seems like a guy in the you know I'm not sure what his A dot is. So that's what what we need to see about Bryce Young is can he get get down the field because Mingo's could be a result of him looking that way. Is maybe Mingo's not the guy? You know? Yeah, I don't uh, think he is. Yeah, you don't think Bryce Young is uh I have more hope for Young than Mingo. Yeah. For for next year, you have more hope for Young than Mingo? Yeah, I do. I just I don't – I think they tried to make Mingo a thing at the end of the year, and it just wasn't happening. Um, yeah, I don't have a let's ton of hope for Young, young but let's – Let's give them another chance next year. If they don't, that would be pretty disappointing. But, yeah, I don't – just because I don't think guys are good doesn't mean I don't want to see him play. I, I would like to see that guy play. Um, the Panthers are pretty dust, man. Like, it's hard for him to shine and look good when everyone around you is like, you know, Adam Thielen's, you know, getting over his prime. And so we'll see, man. Any thoughts on rookies? Because this team has three rookies, Laporta, 11th round, uh, Jaden Reed, 15th round, CJ Stroud, 17th round. Um, I I'm starting to feel like maybe we're still not high enough on rookies, uh, just given the late season impact that they can have and just like how outsized those returns are. Um, you know, Jaden Reed obviously being the the prime example of that, but also Laporta having that massive week 15 game, um, you know, helping helping power a ton of teams into the final and into the, you know, one week further in the playoffs in the first place. So um, obviously you're, this team shows, you know, you're, you were pretty open to taking rookies, but was how big of a part of your strategy was, uh, attacking rookies and just kind of your thoughts on like where we go from here in terms of targeting rookies. 
this year the draft class i really liked a lot so i really thought the rookies were actually had a chance this year to get get more work i just felt like it was going to be a great draft class like anthony richardson gave me a lot of like hope cj stroud i thought would would be able to succeed um the rookie tight ends for sure i mean everyone was talking about them so there's a lot of steam behind laporta kincaid musgrave so i think moving forward is is may i, I really don't know what what it's going to look like moving forward because i don't know how i'm going to feel about the next draft class until i sit sit down and see how the draft actually goes and where they fit in and that's where i really start to think about what kind of what the outcome or the, the outlook might be for that particular player in that environment on the team people around them and i mean yeah that's, yeah that's no i mean the, the, nothing like the, super sharp the player evaluation obviously is still massive um you know if this is uh you know, if you if you're taking Cedric Tillman or or some of these other rookies that didn't really do anything, that doesn't help. But um, yeah, I, I just there's I think especially in these late rounds, right? Where like, does it matter that Jaden Reed didn't do a ton early in the season? No, you know this team was was fine without him. Uh, and then when he comes on late, it's it wins you the tournament. So um, I don't know. I think I'm. I, I obviously want to, I haven't really dove into the specific draft class yet, but that's kind of where it's one of the kind of my feelings from, from this year in best ball. Like, I think I'm still too low on rookies. Uh, yeah. What, what are your, um, well, just any other kind of general thoughts on, on uh, this team or, or best ball or kind of, as you look forward just to like to next year about like things you're going to try to attack differently at all. Yeah, Next year, I'm really going to, I'm really excited for next year. I, I am not planning on winning it. I know I will not win it. And I'm excited for to see the next person who wins it to see what strategy they use. And I'm excited to see the, the guys who go and run like Sims through Excel spreadsheets and and create try to create a bunch of data that can be relevant to what we saw just like last year and what, what it'll look like from this year's draft with not just my team, but you know their own teams and and a bunch of other sharp players exposure because all i did was go and find people who won at something i wanted to succeed at and just kind of adjust and deviate from their strategy a little bit and get my own player takes and stuff so i'm excited to see how people kind of dissect this year and and um pete has a lot of those guys on it you had a guy on sacrilegious i think yep is a one of those pros and He's pretty I, sure. I like watching those yeah i like watching those kind of guys they don't get enough uh attention but you know maybe that could be good because I, I mean i would be nice for them but i mean if people aren't going to listen to what they're doing and it, it could uh, have relevance then it's up to the are you planning on diving into the, the playoff best ball stuff yeah, I've been I've been uh, donating some money back into the economy, just jumping in there and just <laughs> no clue what what I'm thinking yet. I but yeah, I'm gonna try and get as much as I can. <laughs> well, yeah, Sacrilegious has you covered there if you're uh, if you're looking to to level up your playoff best ball game for sure. Um, well, I heard I heard on the Swolecast that you were trolling the Sims. That Leone put out Sims for this tournament and didn't have you uh, 
I mean, correctly did not have you high enough. So clearly the Sims were wrong, but uh, <laughs> I heard you were you were messing with people yeah, on, I, on the Sims. I was trolling several people <laughs> and just telling them their lineups were dust. I was like, yeah, because they were kind of like, they were like, oh, I'm worried about my team. And all their players were healthy. And I was like, dude, I'm missing like two or three guys. I was like, yep, you're dust, bro. And I was like, you're, you got a full team there, buddy. Like, it's it's kind of like they're like grabbing for attention or something, but. <laughs> it's just it's just it's all fun in the game like i mean if you're gonna talk shit game. you gotta back it up so you, you backed it up you know yeah i mean i felt bad though so i started deleting some of the tweets i was like man i don't want to ruin these guys days and they go home and they're like sad and they as soon as i won i was like oh shit man i gotta go delete i gotta win with some class man because i do feel bad if i just you know dunk on dunk on people like it's just part of fun of the game, man. That's just, no, it's all fun. It's not personal. Well, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here, I heard that you're gonna be you're gonna be getting a puppy and a and a pickup truck is is part of your your winnings, which is pretty pretty sweet. Um, congrats on that. And uh, anything else you're you're looking to to do? Man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to South America and DJ a little bit and go to some events awesome. and uh, try to take some time off to just kind of relax and after the playoffs and yeah. What about yourself, man? How do you wind down after the, the season's over? And I mean, it's not, it's yeah. I'll let you know when it, when it happens, <laughs> uh, we're still doing, we're doing playoff contest stuff right now. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting out. In. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, it's, it's fun. These are fun drafts. And then we also have the FFPC playoff contest uh, next week, which I some about that, that uh, tournament just like really just gets my gears turning. And I just love kind of trying to figure out where the field is going to go and predicting the, the ownership on that tournament. Um, and this year I think is actually ex even more so like really interesting because I think just everyone ultimately is going to want to play Lamar. Um, it's going to be like really hard to get off of that. So Anyway, so I'll be doing a bunch of that, but I want to get, I moved out to San Diego in uh, September and like football started. So I haven't really done a ton of stuff out here. So I'm looking forward to just like getting out and enjoying this place I moved to a little more. Um, and the weather's still nice here. So I, I, I'll be able to, I'll be able to do that. <laughs> so that's, that's what San I'll be Diego doing. Nice little. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I used to live in San Diego. That's a great place, man. A lot of cool private, a lot of cool spots people don't know about on the beach. You got to get out there, man. I do. Yeah. Where Where in South America are you going to be DJing? And and how long have you been DJing? That's that's pretty sweet. Um, sorry, my my headphone. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to uh, Peru. Can you still hear me? Yep. I'm gonna be going to Peru and Colombia. And I've gone to Mexico a few times to play, but but it's I wouldn't recommend it. it it's kind of dangerous sometimes. You get around the wrong crowd. You know, you gotta you gotta just you know be cognizant of the type of people around you. And um, it's like techno and house music, so like raves and stuff. But the reason why I left because I've been sober for two years, and once you go down there, you know you're gonna party, have a little bit of fun. So I feel you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, enjoy it. 
congratulations. Uh, it's just an awesome team. Uh, really psyched for you. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you for having me, man. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Um, I'll have more content on this feed with, uh, with playoff basketball stuff uh, very soon. We'll see you all then. Take it easy.